to Looking for the Ocean, where we talk about everything Pixar ever made and what it means to us. I'm Danny Vincent, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Young. And let me tell you, sadly today we are not joined by Gerard Butler. Why is that sad? Is he supposed to be here? Uh, because I googled, in the middle of this movie, I googled, does planes have a post credit scene? And the only thing that came out was stuff for Plane 2023. Plane 2023. Oh, that's yeah, right. Gerard Butler a movie. movie. Yeah, is that not Flight, but remade with Gerard Butler? No, it's not Flight. Flight's a good, I saw Flight this year, remember? The no, I know what Fest? Flight is, but I'm asking if Gerard Butler f- plays a Flight-esque character in no. Plane. The plot of Plane is like, he's transporting like an ex-con or like an ex I've never seen it, and he has to team up. I don't think it's a terrorist, I think it's just an ex-convict. Uh, so then Gerard Butler, who's the pilot, has to team up with the convict to take down terrorists that took the rest of his passengers hostage and mike coulter plays the um, convict so when a convict took his his hostages he's like a criminal of some kind who he's transporting on the flight but then unrelated terrorists shoot them down and take the rest of the plane hostage i haven't seen them I, <laughs> I i just feel like it should be a terrorist on the plane who's taken the passengers hostage and then they have to fight other terrorists isn't that the Liam Neeson movie nonstop? Oh, I don't even know. All right, I'm looking this That's up just out of curiosity. To the Liam movie at some point. Okay, so he, Mike Coulter, plays Louis Gasper, a former GCP French Foreign Le- Legion passenger being extradited to Toronto on charges of homicide. Also, Tony Goldwyn is in this movie as a character named Scarsdale, which is a really great character name. Also, you should look at the plane what, page. What happens to, next? You should look at the planes page. The plane page just to see. Go to the cast part of it, and look at the picture of Gerard Butler they have there. It's really special. I don't know why they put that picture of all things right. there, but I can't complain. You're gonna have to like, you're gonna have to take a picture of this and send it in the chat because yeah. I cannot find a you're on, picture um, of Gerard Butler. Because you're on uh, mobile, probably. All right, I'll send this to chat, yeah. and you can put in the episode image too if you want, because it's a good Thank one. You. Gotta open up the text channel. <laughs> it's, it's there. It's, it's, it's captioned lead actor and producer Gerard Butler. That's to the cast list. Like, yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. Okay, Good job, Wikipedia. Fun. Follow us on Instagram if you want to know what we're talking about. Yep. Because anyway. that's going in the collage. All right. Well, we're here for a very special film. Yeah. The Planes sequel to Plane. With an S. The first thing... Well, I don't know if it, That's not true. We've done a plenty of detours. And I guess, technically, this episode is a detour. Like, this episode will be labeled a DETOUR! There's one moment in this movie I really like that I can't wait to talk about. It's literally a, a cut. There's one cut in this movie I like. Um, but... Interesting. Planes is a movie that is not made by Disney. It's made... Sorry, not made by Pixar. It's made by Disney Toon Studios. Which is really interesting to me, because as we already stated, Pixar Canada's active at this point so there's really no reason not to give it to pixar canada but so disney toon adventure Di- sorry disney toon studios made 44 total feature films from 1990 to 2015 the first film was ducktales the movie which i've seen once when i was a child and then tinkerbell the legend of the never beast was their last one but they also just ended with that one anyway you know like that was their last thing was tinkerbell legend of never beast Technically, also, they weren't branded Disney Toon Studios until... I had it. Hold on, I had it. The Lion King one and a half. That's when they got relabeled that in 2004. Yeah, didn't Disney Toon used to just be what was known as Walt Disney Animation? 
Is no. that the one that has the giant Wikipedia page, or has this always been a no? Walt Disney Animation Studios is always Walt Disney Animation Studios. That they've been around since Snow White. Disney Toon is what they established to make direct-to-video movies. Now, I'm trying to see because I'm pretty sure, you know, one they they I'll I'll tell you their theatrical movies right now because this is one of them. Their theatrical movies up to this point, one of these is a masterpiece. Um, it's gonna be pretty obvious which one. They made Ducktales for theaters. They made a Goofy movie for theaters. They made Return to Neverland, which is Peter Pan 2, for theaters. They made The Jungle Book 2 and Piglet's Big Movie for theaters. Wait, was the Tigger movie not them? That's so interesting. I wonder who made the Tigger movie. Um, Pooh's Up the Lump movie. And I believe that was it for U.S. theatrical release until Planes. Because the Tinkerbell and movies assume, did not get U.S. theatrical releases. And I assume that the masterpiece you're talking about is the Goofy movie. Yes! Excellent movie. Cool. I didn't know if you were a fan of Piglet's Big Adventure, which I feel like I heard was all right, but I never saw it myself. It, but I it's also okay, know that people love the Goofy movie. Tiger movie is like the the cream of the crop of the uh, Winnie the Pooh live... Uh, not live action. The Winnie the Pooh, like Disney put out in theaters just because it was Pooh and they could make money. Okay, so the Tiger mm. movie was made actually by the television animation department, which is a separate studio, which makes sense because at the time they were wrapping up their Winnie the Pooh TV show. You know, because so they had all the assets ready. And now I'm curious, what what movie, theatrical films did they do? Okay, well mm-hmm. apparently they shared it with du- apparently Goofy Movie and Ducktales. They shared production stuff on and Return to Neverland. Apparently Disney Toon worked like they all worked together on them. So gotcha. But it's not listed under Disney Toon as Tigger Movie. Anyway, anyway we are here to talk about planes. <laughs> I wish I knew the song that plays at the end of this. It feels like 100% like, like... Didn't well, this feel like Psalm Cars 41. 2 to you? I will get to that. But first, we have to continue doing briefing. The movie cost $50 million, made $240 million worldwide. Initially, it was supposed to be a direct-to-video, but then they put it out in theaters, probably because of the cast they assembled, I have to assume. Because the only Tinkerbell movie, if I remember right, that has like a big cast is whichever one Tom Hiddleston's in. The rest of them are very, like, whatever. Movie did, you know, okay... Obviously, they were going to still put out the sequel because the sequel was already in development. Um, the movie has a 25% on Tomatoes. So, there you go. Uh, John Cryer was announced for the movie, but then he was placed with Dane Cook, which I, yeah. I remembered hearing about at the time. But Yeah, I kind of think it would be weird if you didn't have someone like Dane Cook in this role. Not because I actually think John Cryer might have been a more interesting choice. But it's hard to imagine someone who's not just a Chad in the role of whatever his name Dusty is. Crop Dusty Crop Crop Hopper. I will say this about Dane Cook. As someone who's fascinated by like billing, I thought it was really interesting in the credits. Oh my that gosh. His yeah. name appeared. <laughs> and then the casting director appeared and then the scroll happened. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's bizarre. <laughs> what what did this mean? Like that, that was more what fascinating me was like it was him. I never random credit, and then the scroll began. It wasn't like the title planes appeared again, or like a Disney Toon Studio production. It was, it was weird. I was very confused. And that's kind of one of the draws of planes is that it has this stacked voice cast for some reason. And I guess a lot of animated films do. Like Norm of the North had a lot of known people in it, 
And a lot of these direct-to-DVD uh, animated movies seem to have a really good voice cast, but I'm just surprised. I guess I haven't seen a lot of them, but I really thought they would be credited before the scrolling credits, like Julia Louis-Dreyfus and John Cleese and Priyanka Chopra in her Hollywood debut. <laughs> is this actually her debut in Hollywood? It is. Wow, that's sad. Because I was watching, when she showed up, I was like, ah, great, Priyanka Chopra. I actually really like her. And then, you know, the movie was the movie. You know. What would you recommend seeing her in? Because I really don't know her work, but I know her name. Um, I remember, well, I'd have to look, like, really through her credits to, like, name her stuff. She's really just someone who I more like, like, as a guest star. If you know, like, when she pops up in a comedy for a bit. She was good in Isn't It Romantic, which isn't a great movie, but it is, like, a fun watch. You know? She's one of those people, yeah. though, who, you know, is, oh, and, you know, you've seen her in a movie. You saw her in, um, The Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, but I just feel like there's, you know, some Indian movie that made her a star or something that I haven't seen and I wonder um, if she's apparently that was. in Oh, it looks like she's a cameo in Om Shanti Om, which is a movie that's always on my watch list cuz everyone tells me that movie's fantastic. I was going to say American-wise or actually more British-wise, I believe this is a British film. Um she was in The White Tiger a couple years ago and I thought she was good in that, which was like one of those movies that got a lot of awards buzz cuz it came out during the COVID year. Whereas otherwise, you know, it would have kind of been, you know, thrown aside pretty quickly. But since it was the COVID year, people were like, oh, yes, this is a good movie. And it was a good movie. It just wasn't mm -hmm. what you would normally, like, you know, nominate for, like, a ton of stuff. Om, Om Shanti Om has Willy Wonka font. Really I've never seen the Om Shanti Om poster. I didn't know it existed. I'm really not super versed in it, but it looks very fun. Anyway, we gotta, we have to talk about planes. Yeah, well, okay, so, what were you gonna say about planes before I cut you off and I was finishing up the, like, intro stuff? Because you were gonna say something, and I cut you off. Was I saying something on mic, or was it... No, you I said, said it on mic, it and then on. I was like, stop, let me finish my stuff. Oh, I don't remember what I was saying. Can I say what I said off mic, and maybe it'll spark something? Sure. Actually, I'm not gonna say what I said off mic, because it was really mean, so... I guess we're just going to talk about planes. You know what I'm excited for about planes? It explains who K Stacy Keach is. Because we talked about him all through Air Mater, and then we had a whole episode, chunk of it, where we had no idea who Stacy Keach was, and now he's back. And I'm he's just back. so excited. <laughs> that, that was all my right. favorite part of planes, is uh, seeing that he was... I'm like, the, the guy! Here, here's my thoughts on planes. First off, well, first I'll give my general take, which is, this was better than I thought it'd be, that doesn't make it a good movie, that makes it a 2 out of 5 movie. You know, like, it's still pretty mediocre, it exists to entertain a child, there's no attempt here ever to, like, entertain someone above the age of 12. But, like, it is, to me it was watchable, you know, it w and part of that was because I've never seen it before. That was really more, it was like, oh, I've never seen this before. So, I am not totally bored throughout. Oh, I remember what you said. You said this was like Cars 2. And I oh, think yeah. that's an interesting point to make. Because I had that thought too. Where this is car. The one thing I I think. Okay, first I'm going to say. I like this about it. But I also think it's a complete misunderstanding. Of what a Planes movie should be. Um, I think it's interesting to have like a movie set in the Cars universe. That is wholly about one race. I think that is like a very cool idea. That the other movies never really took advantage of. And... You know, it's a good... Like, people will be like, this is formulaic. It's a like it's a general sports movie. But you know what? Sports movies are good, and I like them. Like, Creed 3 came out this year. We both like Creed 3 a lot, and that follows all the formulas. However, yeah. 
I think the movie is very misguided. Just well, not only just in like. The oh, you meant have... one race as in one sporting event. Yes. I thought you meant one race as in this should just be a movie about cars or planes. No, 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 no. I mean, okay. Like... I was, I was so like, huh. All right. But but anyway, what you were saying? I think first off, conceptually, a planes movie, right? I'm told I, I'm working at Disney Toon Studios. And I get the assignment from above saying, we want to make a direct-to-video movie set in the world of cars, but about planes. And my first response would be, you know, let's sit down. Well, first off, I, I'm i going to give everyone here the benefit of the doubt, which I think is the correct thing to do with a movie like this, where, you know, um, if I'm being tasked with, like, making Bambi 2, right, I'm not going to be like, this is a ridiculous idea, because... You can't push back from the studio head saying you have to make Bambi 2, right? I'm just saying, like, this is okay. this is what these guys' like job is. It's like, get a very dumb idea and be like, you have to try to make it work. No matter what, we're going to make this movie. So figure it out. So I would mm -hmm. be like, all right, let's think about this for a bit. What can we do with planes that isn't with cars? Knowing that we have a sequel planned about wildfires. Or, like, about rescue planes. And the thing I think of first is we can't do a race movie. Because there's no such thing as, like, people crowding around their TVs watching races about planes. The answer to me would be find a way to make a movie centered around the idea of actually, and this is where I'm going to give Pixar credit, even though I shouldn't because I don't like this short, Air Mater is more what a planes movie should be. Because that's a movie about Mater joining a trick team. Because that's what you think about with planes, is air and space show, cool tricks. That's what this movie should be about, is, like, a crop duster wanting to become... A trick person. And, like, they did an extremely goofy movie at Disney Toons. They know what the X Games are. They should do something that's ripping off the X Games, but with planes. That is, like, mm -hmm. the obvious route to go, which would make it a better thing for what it's about, if that makes sense. Like, you know, if you want to make I something that's... You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, this is a race movie about World War II at points, and also, I hate... Because I feel like I need to stop referring to it as... It's a sports movie, right? I shouldn't yeah. stop saying a race movie because I do think this movie is very racist. Um, I, I think this movie has the same stereotypes that Cars 2 traffics in to a much larger degree. And I, I was it's very uncomfortable at points, this movie. And not only the racist stuff too, but like the bit where it's like, here's a World War II flashback where it's like, hey, hey, officer, let's go after this one per this uh one uh the boat. One boat. They're called a oh, boat. I don't think that's a good idea. Come on, let's do it. Oh, okay. It's the entire fleet. Oh, no. <laughs> and they show that. They show a scene in the film where Stacy Keach's plane is taking all of these rookies across the sea, whatever, on some recon mission, and then they see enemy boats. And then they show them engaging with the boats and being shot out of the air, which is... A higher body count than Cars 2, I think. Well, it's not only that. I think it's... I, this is something I noticed, because I, for some reason, checked out the DVD from the library, even though it's on Disney+. Plus. Don't ask me why. It's because I like having a physical... Uh, you know what? I'll answer it. I like having a physical copy reminding me I need to watch something. So that's why I checked yeah. it out from the library, and I'll return it. That's fine. I think it. you probably get way better features along with a physical release, if that's something uh, you're interested Well, in. in this case, all the features are actually on Disney+, Plus under the extras, because it's planes... So no one really cares. But for Ratatouille, for example, yeah, I was actually looking at my... Actually, side tangent about physical media. I pulled out last night after I watched a movie for the Snub Club 
because this is a little behind the scenes of my letterbox. I don't like logging the movies on Letterbox until the episode goes up. Because Letterbox does not have it show up in your feed unless it's your first time log. Ergo, after I watch a movie for a podcast, I don't really like to watch anything that big. Because I'm very, like, I'm very anal about, like, I watched this movie at this point on this day, so this should be before that. And Letterbox doesn't let you rearrange it by the day. It's just... The day you put it, the latest you logged it, that's the latest they assume, basically. So my point is, I pulled out some stuff that's on Letterboxd as featurettes to watch after I watched that yesterday. And I pulled out my old John Wick set of John Wick 1. And I was incredibly impressed by the BTS on the first John Wick movie. In a way oh, that I'm yeah. never really like impressed by BTS these days. Because, first off, they have a cast interview one. Like, they have a cast interview, okay? Like, thing where it's like, here's the cast of John Wick. But they very smartly do not interview Ian McShane. They don't interview Lance Reddick. It's all, it's Keanu's there, but then everyone else is everyone who's only in the first John Wick movie. And there's John Leguizamo there, too, who isn't into a lot. And it's just like... Isn't Ian McShane in the first John Wick? No, he is. My point is, they are smartly only talking to the people who are only in John Wick 1. Oh, with the exception of John Leguizamo and Keanu Reeves, and John Leguizamo, I stick by, doesn't have that big of a role in two anyway. So it's like, gotcha. it's like it's focusing on, and this was in 2014 too. So it's not like they were thinking ahead. But I'm like, I like that this is something that's like we think people are gonna be excited about Adrian Pilecki in this movie, and mm-hmm. no one remembers her in that movie. And it's like, oh, we were so excited to get her. And I also was like, we had, we're talking to Willem Dafoe, and it's like bits where it's like, I had the idea. Where I wanted my character to be making a shake when he gets the call about John Wick. Because he's older, so he'd be making a protein shake. And I'm like, these are such cool tidbits. People would never think to ask about this movie. And at the time, no one thought John Wick was going to be a big deal. So it's really, like, special we have this. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's what I remember about the rewatch of John Wick I had about a month ago. Is that he's making that shake. It's such a great softening character detail. Yeah, and the whole thing's like about like they're interviewing all these actors. Like, here's where I found the character. And I'm like, I like that they're treating this seriously. Because again, in 2014, no one thought John Wick was going to be a big deal. Like, no one well, really. That's, so it's like, this is like a. why it became a big deal. Well, and then it's like also they have interviews with Michael Nick. Uh, I can never pronounce his last name. But, Nick Vist. Yeah, I like that there's, a, there's also a moment in the movie, in the doc, where they uh, talk to the directors and they're like. We watched his American films before casting. We were like, he doesn't really get a chance to do a big monologue ever in these movies. And I was thinking about our uh, Mission Impossible thing. Because I was just like, you can tell they're like cheating his Mission Impossible role when they say that. Or it's like, he's had these big roles, but he hasn't done a lot. And then I think we also, maybe it was us, or maybe I heard this on some other podcast. We talked about on mic how the coolest part of John Wick is how much the other characters talk about him yeah. before we get to see him do his thing. Very cool. Yeah, and then it's it just... I recommend the John Wick Blu-ray if you ever want to learn about him. It actually does have a lot of good features. Planes does not. But also, although I did notice, and this is on Disney Plus 2, which is another reason why I was like, there is like a 15-minute bonus feature about the director's journey making this movie. So they did give you a bonus feature, which is more than a lot of things this time. You know nowadays to get but one thing that yeah, no go no go i was yeah i'm well i i'm just i'm just thinking of different things from the movie that jumped out at me so i, I might be jumping around a little I bit i thought sinbad was good can you tell me who he played because he played, i am having a hard time working back from the credits on wikipedia to determine he who played, played the who. forklift 
who like is in charge of the race, like the qualifier round, and he oh, pops yeah. up and they're like, he's like, can I have a, like uh, this guy? I forget his fake name. I don't know. I just thought it was a good voice acting performance compared to a lot of the other people in this. Well, I actually think people really went for it, but I feel like they're not connected to each other. And I feel like Brad Garrett especially goes for it and just doesn't have much to work with. I enjoyed Brad Garrett in this, though. To me, he was giving me, like, we have made everything in this movie is like, we have cars at home, right? Uh, but, like, we have mm-hmm. Mater at home, but I, I thought he was very endearing comic relief. And I was yeah. I was down for it. I was like, cool. Like, also he did that thing where I, you know, I mentioned it in our last Cars episode where Luigi is cool because he has an appendage, and usually you only see that in the forklift characters. And I liked his little gas tank. I liked that he used it as a hand. I just mean he has scenes like the time when Sinbad comes to the farm or wherever they are, and he's asking for Jetstream, which is chunky crop fuckers. <laughs> what's what's his name? His name is Dusty. <laughs> Crop, crop, dusty crop hopper. I was gonna say dusty crop duster. I was like, that's not it. <laughs> dusty crop duster, and he's asking for him as his racer alias Strut Jetstream. And Brad Garrett's character, who says in the previous scene that he helped him come up with that name, has no idea who Sinbad is talking about. Oh, I took that and as seems... like he was bidding. I took that as like it was a bit where he's like, "Who are you coming here for?" Type of thing, you know, like. But like what? It, I, I don't know. I guess your your interpretation's probably more right. But it like, just seems like they wrote that for a different character, like the guy with glasses who is also on the farm, but they don't really do anything with him. He has half a scene where he's just talking with someone else about plane specs. I really think that scene was maybe should have been for him. I don't know, you know, where it was I, originally intended. I found a lot of this film infuriatingly like I don't know. It just felt so, like, logically failing on so many easy levels <laughs> where we don't learn until 25 minutes into the movie that he's afraid of heights, even though that feels yeah. like it should be, like, <laughs> something that comes up way sooner. And also, he doesn't have the realization until, like, when when does it get mentioned? I think it's mentioned on the, like, Pacific Ocean, like, leg of it. Where it's like, if you go above the um, clouds, you're not gonna get deal with the storms. Even though, like, they're like, if you're in, like, in Iceland, right? When they're in Iceland, they're like, if you don't fly so low, you won't get ice in your system. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's raining. That's the problem. He's above below the rain. Like, that, that's. Well, they mentioned that in the scene where he reveals his fear of heights. That's revealed pretty early by Stacy Keach's character, who is the mentor of Dusty Crop Hopper. But I, I don't know if I understand your your concern about that. Because I feel like they plant that pretty early. It is weird that it takes him so long to apply it. But I don't know. I forget why he has this moment of, oh, I'm going to use what I've learned and survive, Well, he needs I to win. I also got to say, I was annoyed he won. I always get annoyed at stuff like this where, like, the person wins. And the reason I say that is it's a lot more compelling to me. This is just, it's like, you know, we're talking about tropes here. Where it's like, you know, he meets the girlfriend character, because that is all she exists to be, is Priyanka Chopra, is to be a girlfriend character. <laughs> and she goes, this is going to finally be the year I win. And it's like, great, I hope you win, and he gets second, and then the other guy gets third. Like, that that's that will be the happiest ending to me. And then it's like, nah, she got, like, fifth place. <laughs> and it's like, 
And they're like, yay, Dusty. And I'm like, what happened to your own agency? <laughs> like, it was so, it's so funny that you call her the girlfriend character. Because after watching five minutes of planes, I thought, all right, I get how this movie works. There's going to be a girlfriend character. And then you hear Terry Hatcher's voice as Dottie, the forklift mechanic, before you see her. And I had that thought of like, oh, yes. She's got that mommy had... vibe, you know? But then you see her and I'm like, all right, it's girl scientist time. I, yeah, she... <laughs> I like that the only bit she has is that she says things technically and everyone is always confused, including when, like... She's at, like, the race in the entire... Everyone at the race besides the bad guys team is basically giving Dusty stuff. And then she says something and everyone's like, what did you say? I'm like, what are you talking about? This other pit crew there. They didn't know what she's saying. Yeah, and you gave her all this technical equipment. Wouldn't it be better for her to meet, like, a like-minded pit crew person? And, like, you just have How a scene mean? where she, like, you know, you pair her away with, like, a one-line person? I'm just saying, trope-wise. I don't know if I... What are you... What? So, in the scene where Dusty's about to leave the race after the harrowing flashback of World War II, um, <laughs> everyone shows up to give her him, like, a part, right? Besides the bad guy's team. And yes. she says something that everyone there is like, what did you just say? Like, because that's the joke that she says things so technically. And I'm like, yes. there's some other pit crew there. Wouldn't it make more sense to be, for it just be like a joke where there's like one other person gets what she's saying and then she's in love with that person? Like, you know, I'm just well, saying like as a stock joke, because this movie is full of stock jokes. The, the <laughs> thing is, they do that joke ten times or more in this movie, and it's with Brad Garrett and any other character. They have this recurring bit in the film where two characters will talk about plane specs as geeks for a very long time yeah, and it happens like, over and uh, over i know there's definitely one where i was just like <laughs> in shock that like i was like all right when's this bit gonna end and then it just kept going like another 10 seconds and then when it ended it was just dave's keach saying all right and like it was basically just that like he didn't even make a joke it was just like okay <laughs> like <laughs> they did the same thing when sinbad is seeing dusty crop hopper for the first time and i think he's he's just saying all these things about how dumb he looks and he has a little statement about man this is the dumbest plane i've ever seen and then he says like three other things which are other small jokes which should be the stinger for the the shot but they keep all of them in <laughs> Hey, you get the improv <laughs> and there's in it, like, you're gonna keep There's it like all. a pause after every one. <laughs> I, oh I, man. I just think <laughs> Alright, wait, do you guys want do you wanna know um do you wanna know what my, my favorite moment of this movie was? Oh yeah, yeah. Um You said you cut. had one. It's a cut. It's when Dusty Crop Popper is going through the tunnel in the Himalayas and he, oh yeah and he like <laughs> is about to hit a train and it just cuts to white and they play with you thinking like he's gone to car heaven which also feels vaguely racist to me um the way they portray what? it because it's like he's in shangri-la and like they all have thick accents there um i but, don't i mean the people of nepal have accents and i don't know if is it he goes to shangri-la what I think that's what the vibe is supposed to be because it's like all painted in like it's all has like that camera bloom on it where it's like he's like 
am I am I alive? He's like, no, you're just here first. You know, like that's what he says. So I do think it's uh, supposed to be played like he went to heaven. And I do yeah. think it's like supposed to be like Shangri-La because that's like Nepal. You know what I mean? Like it's the stereotype of Nepal. Well, Shangri-La is a fictional place in Tibet. Okay, so... but it's a it's the leg is like from whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I I I I am talking from what I believe the view at Disney for these stereotypes are, which probably yes. isn't the right way to talk. But I just I got the Shangri-La vibe from. The way it was framed and bloomed. Anyway, my point is more, though, the cut to white where you think he might have died is really good. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, the other time they cut is in the very beginning, after he's daydreaming, and then they don't do any kind of transition to get him out of... He daydreams that he's flying with the fighter pilots from Top Gun, like, played by the actual voice of the actual actors who were in Top Gun and then it cuts and then he's just dusting crops. But they don't do a transition like having his friend fly into frame and then going like, what are you doing here, huh? Or do you pay attention to your crop dusting? It just cuts why to would, white. and then they want to put in a, a video of um, Brad Garrett, make a whole new character model of him just flying in? I, well, actually, I was thinking of his plane friend, but I think if you led with Brad Garrett flying, who is a truck, I think that would actually be a fantastic <laughs> opening for the movie. Speaking um, of the opening of the movie, it starts with a little logo that says World of Cars. Yeah. Not, the, not, not from the World of Cars. Well, okay, because um, um, I don't know if this is the time to talk about it. This was planned to be... It wasn't just going to be planes. There was one I talked about before where I'm just so fascinated. I would I would love for a whole like lost media like storyboard version of Metro to come out where it's about Metro trains. I'm like, how do you make that movie have it not be miserable that these trains are stuck on tracks, always going to the same location? Oh my gosh, I feel like there's a really pretty clear short about office life in the big city. But this was gonna be a movie. This was gonna yeah, be a movie. I, I want to know how that was gonna be a movie. Well, yeah, I don't know about it. <laughs> I believe there was also a boat one, too. Oh, and actually, I remember... I actually do remember this. I wish I could add the info up. Maybe I'll have it up for our next episode and I can actually read about it. But I remember at one of the D23s, they announced something where it was, like, after Planes 1 and 2, and everyone thought it was over, and it was, like, from above the world of cars, and it was, like, going to be about... And you thought it was going to be planes, but then it was about rockets. And it was like, ooh, it's like space cars type of thing. But then I think they closed his... I'm sure that will actually be on, like, the Planes 2 thing, because it'll be listed as, like, cancelled sequel, you know? But on the mm -hmm. wiki page. But, yeah. I remember, you know, hearing about that, and I was like, oh, that sounds... Like, it would have been cool, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, actually, I just looked up. It was called Beyond the Sky. And it was called Planes Beyond the Sky, so I guess it was supposed to be something. Um, it was supposed to be released on April 2019... And it was canceled. Well, it was removed from the schedule beforehand, but it sounds like to me, judging off this actually... All right, right. I'll just... Okay, I just read it all. It was released on April 2019, removed from the schedule in March 2018, um, and then on June 28th, 2018, as soon as Laster was kicked out of Disney and Pixar, officially, finally, because you remember those allegations hit when Coco came out in November 2017, um, Disney Toon Studios was immediately shut down mm -hmm. following Laster leaving. Ergo, yeah. I gotta assume he kind of like soft left before then because remember the, as I said, the Coco story 
the last of story broke before March 2018. I feel like he was yeah. probably the one pushing for that to like happen. Speak so about the voice cast. Yes. I I don't know. I was pretty I was pretty all right with them, and I feel like they had high energy throughout. Like Sonic. I, Sonic. Roger Craig Smith, who plays the bad guy, is Sonic. Oh, I thought he was the guy from Resident Evil. Is he also Sonic? He's Sonic, though. Yeah, he is. He is in Resident Evil, but I know him more because he's he's been Sonic. With the exception of, you know, the movies. So it's on Wikipedia since 2010. But, you know, that's like in every form of animation besides the movies. He's always Sonic. Oh. So that's what I recognize his name as. Like, oh, he's Sonic. And he also, he's like Sonic in the Wreck-It Ralph movies. That's also what I remember. Now that oh, Sonic has a big gotcha. role in those. But he's also Sonic in the games. That's why he's in the, the Wreck-It Ralph movies as Sonic. But, you know, yeah, yeah, I thought this was interesting how, like, the cast is very full of um, voice actors. Because Roger Craig Smith... Carlos. A lot of voice actors in this animated yeah. film. Yeah, which is always good to see a lot of voice actors get work. Brad Garrett also kind of qualifies as a voice actor, in my opinion, even though he's also famous. But he like has a very... He's like Mark Hamill, you know? Where if Mark Hamill shows up and something, I'm not like, ah, like a voice role. I'm not like, ah, Luke Skywalker's here. I'm like, oh, cool, Mark Hamill's in this, you know? Yeah. I'm always excited to meet new people. Because, of course, if you watch Pixar and then you dig deep, you get into all of these people who are alternative comedians from around the world. That car that's a fan of Dusty is a very well-known German comedian who did the German dub of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, interesting. And he was, he was the voice of Tom Servo in Germany. And I apparently was... that's like his deal. He does a Mystery Science Theater-esque thing or he's done things like that for a while i was going to say about um him that character i thought that character was very interesting the um the car with a split personality because he can turn into a plane oh yeah (laughs) i didn't really get that i didn't understand the humor yeah i didn't know if it was a real thing until i looked it up i thought that they were fan fanboys of him and so they were dressing up like him I had to look up that it was an actual car that was made to be a plane. I don't know. This movie isn't great. It's really, there's really not a lot here. Um, this, it is 90 minutes of a race, which, as I said, in I understand the appeal of it for this franchise to do something where it's like, ah, yes, the entire thing actually is a sports movie. But then you watch it and you're like, ah, the entire thing is a sports movie. Okay, that's all. Yeah. That's what you got for me? I actually think it's really weird also. I feel like... I'm curious. I'm going to actually look this really quick. Was Veep on at this point? I guess Veep had just got on the air. Because I feel like Julie Stryfus is weirdly too big for this. If that makes sense. I think so too. Yeah, Veep started the year before. Okay, so Veep wasn't like a huge thing yet though. Because, you know, things always take like a season or so to like get big. I mean, I think everyone's too big for this. But that's the way it is with these direct-to-video voice performances. It's all these big stars. I yeah. think of like um How many times of, has David Spade been in the credits of some animated thing and you think like oh my well that's I know who David Spade is. Well now I'm looking at David Spade cuz I actually don't think he's been in a lot. If I remember right he didn't voice Cusco on the TV show, which I always think point as like that's so weird. Why wouldn't you take that gig? But Well, you know well it's also like Tom Kenny being in the good Pinocchio and also the bad Pinocchio and also the bad Pinocchio had Pauly Shore in it and that's a name like oh my I know who Pauly Shore Wasn't is. Wasn't Tom Kenny also in the Zemeckis Pinocchio? He keeps he keeps at it. I don't know if he was in the Zemeckis Pinocchio actually. 
Well, what I'm look, trying to look up now, you know, maybe it'll be easier if I just look up this movie instead of going, no, no, okay, yeah, yeah. He was in Kronk's New Groove. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, you know what I think about, though, is like, you know, do you remember uh, the Aladdin sequel, right? Uh, I never saw it, but I know what you mean. The Return to Jafar with the Return Dan Castanellet. I always butcher his name. The guy from the Simpsons movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see our episode on the Simpsons movie. Uh, <laughs> he had that has that as a genie, and then like Robin Williams comes back for the third one. It's like Robin Williams is back, and that was like the entire selling point of the third one was we got Robin Williams back somehow. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think they usually do go for big ones. I remember Bambi 2 was famous because they marketed, like, Patrick Stewart, we have as Bambi's dad. But they didn't have, like, this anyone else. This is exactly else. what I mean. But they didn't have anyone else is my point. They just had, they spent all their money on Patrick Stewart. I, I feel like, you know, things have people like Heather Graham in them. And, well, Heather Graham is another person who is in Norm of the North. Norm of the North is a really good example of what I'm talking about. I, I feel like I'm correct, but it's hard for me to list every single direct-to-video animated film. I felt like David Spade gave the right vibes for what I was talking about. And actually, Tom Kenny is a bad example, because Tom Kenny is a capital V voice actor. I don't know, he's also a good... Tom Kenny's just a good actor. Well, I was going to talk about Disney and go off of... Jump off of that and then say some stuff. Yeah, Which, go for it. So, earlier this year, you know, there was a new Little Mermaid movie that came out. And to prep for it, I decided to rewatch a film I had not seen since I was a child, which was The Little Mermaid. I wanted to say it really quick, and I completely stumbled over myself. Uh, I rewatched The Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea, where everyone returned from the original cast, including Ursula, but they didn't get anyone new big for it. In fact, actually, what froze me off about Wikipedia, which I'll just say now, is that um, it's just so weird to me. It includes uh, Tara Strong, uh, maiden name, under the list of her in the cast list, where it just really froze me off. I'm like, who's Taryn Cherendoff? And then I look, oh, it's Tara Strong. Then that makes oh. more sense. Because yeah. Tara Strong, if listeners don't know, and they should, because this is an animation podcast, Tara Strong is probably like, it's her, Grey Delisle. Trying to think who else is like the most prolific voice Great actors who are like in it. Yeah, so Dirk, Great Delisle. Um, I just had someone in my head. Phil Lamar. I was trying to think like who are like the most prolific voice actors. Those are definitely some of them. Well, but, and especially known for their work in children's television, unlike yeah. Mark Hamill and maybe Tom Kenny, who have a little I think more Tom is there. spread. Uh, I was gonna say also I see in this cast Rob Paulson is definitely up there too among like big voice actors or. Who's the guy? Who's the other one from Peaking in the Brain? Uh, Maurice LaMarche, I think. My point is, I watched this Disney Toon thing, and I think what's interesting, and we can talk about this also with Planes too, but I think now it could be an interesting time to talk about, like, their work in general. I think that is, like, what are we going to talk about? I'm not talking about, like, talking about the Goofy movie. I'm talking about, like, what's your experience with, like, something like this when you were a kid? You know what I mean? Not like I'm planes, because so none unprepared. of us have experience with planes. What do you mean? I mean, like, the Disney, the direct-to-video Disney stuff. I'm sure you watched Oh, some. yeah, I have. I have to think. Hold on, let me look up the list of direct-to-video Disney things. Well, I'm just, I open up the Disney Toon Studios list, because it's like Return to Jafar, Aladdin King of Thieves, um, Pooh's, the Pooh movies also qualify, like Pooh's Grand Adventure, Beauty and the Beast Christmas, Pocahontas 2, which I've never seen, The Lion King 2, which is a classic. Not really, but like, I'm sure that's a movie the I don't want to revisit, because... 
I feel like it's going to fall apart. Okay, here's a movie that I really remember watching a lot as a kid was The Lion King One and a Half, which <laughs> is the one where Timon and Pumbaa talk about the Lion King as it's happening and we get to see it from their perspective. I remember loving that movie. Another one which might not hold up very well, but really something that was special to me, I think. And I wonder, you know, I watched a lot of these kinds of things as a kid. I remember watching this and also Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is a similar vibe. I wonder if that's connected, but I'm I'm not sure. You you were made if you made a face when I said the well, Lion no, King. No, 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 I was going to say cause... like Lion King one and a half is interesting to me because this is one of those ones where, like, I remember watching and loving it as a kid, and it's definitely one of those things where I point to that as, like, one of those things that you probably don't value, like, as a child, and probably going to value much as now, but it probably is one of the... Because I didn't watch Mystery Science Theater 2000. I do think it introduced me to, like, that specific brand of anarchic commentary humor, um, yeah. which I think is really interesting. Um, but I was more what of a Lion s- King 2 kid anyway. The Lion King 2 is better. I've never seen The Lion King 2. The Lion King 2 is about Scar's it's better secret than Lion King son. One? It's about oh Scar's secret son. It's Romeo and Juliet. Although, they're kind of related, I guess. Or maybe it's like Scar's sister, so it's like they're not actually related. I don't know. I should look into... I should look at this, because they end up to... Like, Simba's daughter ends up with Scar's son. And I feel like that's a little weird. And I'm unsure if that's actually, like, how it worked. I should look at how Kovu is related. But Kovu Sounds like the way of water. Kovu was a... Okay, so I guess Zira is... Zira is Kovu's mom. And apparently, like, Zira was, like, the leader of Scar's, um... People who was gonna, like, you know, Scar's friends. And it's just implied it's their kid. But they don't actually say it because it'd be kind of weird and messed up that they end up together (laughs) but isn't it obvious that he's his kid he's never like oh but well i never knew my father and then the other lions are like well we knew your father and well he's got to deal with that it's heavily implied he gets like a matching scar but i don't think they ever say it because they don't want to like acknowledge like the incest of it all you know is it in uh well i guess so i mean yeah because scar is simba's uncle so ergo his son shouldn't marry simba's daughter well i'm just so I mean, also they're lions, so I'm sure this happens in real life anyway because they're lions. You know what I? I'm sure it's not something lions are concerned about. (laughs) For some reason, the harem that James Earl Jones has in The Lion King has just kind of prepped me for this reality. I want to point out they did bring back everyone for this, with the exception of um, well, maybe not everyone. Now that I'm looking at this, um, no, no, they did bring back everyone, with the exception of Jeremy Irons for this. Oh no. They also brought on Andy Dick and uh, Neve Campbell. What? what? Who, who did Andy Dick play? The older brother of Kovu who dies dramatically. Oh no. I wonder what it was like to know Andy Dick before you knew Andy Dick like we knew Andy Dick. I have no, I have no information about Andy Dick except the post really Andy things, Dick being so. Andy Dick things. Yeah. Neve Campbell but, played Simba's daughter. That seems like a big get. Yeah. Yeah, especially because this was like around the time of Scream, I think, right? 97? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lion King 2 is 98, so yeah, she would have been a big get. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. Big deal. Yeah. Should I watch... Oh, is it on Disney? Yeah, Lion King 2 is good. I actually... Re- Lion King 2, I remember liking... Everything I remember looking at this is um Lilo and Stitch in its bizarre extended universe. I can assume this happened... I, I just think it's so weird. So Lilo and Stitch 
you know, has the follow-up TV show, and I've already explained my conspiracy theory about that here, but it has the follow-up TV show that has a pilot movie called Stitch the Movie, but then there's another sequel that's made by Disney Toon, because I can assume that Disney, like, you know, the television department made the pilot movie and the finale movie for Leland Stitch the Show, but then Disney Toon also has their sequel called Stitch Has a Glitch, where it's like, it was just confusing me as a child, like, why was there another sequel that did not take... You know, the show is canon. I, yes. <laughs> they also, no, not really, because I was never big into the Lilo and Stitch extra media. Come on. I think I like Lilo and Stitch more as an adult than I did when I watched it as a kid. I love Lilo and Stitch as a kid. One of these days I have to see Cinderella 3. Everyone tells me Cinderella 3 is like a masterpiece. They made the Atlantis Milo's Return. I don't like Atlantis. Disney Tunes. You don't like Atlantis? Yeah, I don't. I've never. I don't like Atlantis. It's a bad movie. I'm. I'm gonna straight up be like, you're wrong. Well, explain you're yourself. Wrong. Why would I? Ex- I didn't grow up with it, and it sucks. This. This is simply not the case. It sucks. It's pretty bad. I what do you mean? The first time during the pandemic. What do you mean? What do I mean? It's got some what? cool animation. Treasure Planet does that style better, though. It's one of those things where like the main character is just annoying, and then he gets the girl because he happens to be there. Fair. I will say (laughs) that Atlantis and Treasure Planet have their issues. I feel like Atlantis comes out on top, though. It it legitimately always cracks me up when someone tweets, like, or, like, posts on Facebook. It's, like, one of those viral, like, one of those ads, those targeted ads that are, like, from, like, a big Facebook group where it's, like, where's this Disney princess? And it's, like, a Photoshop of Tom Holland and Zendaya as the leads in Atlantis. And I'm always, like, they're not gonna make that remake because it was a bomb. And also, she's not a Disney princess because she doesn't do anything in the movie. Yeah. Another thing that, like, of course, everyone wants another shot at it, just like John Carter. And not only will it not happen because it was a box office bomb, but it's funny that we're talking about this because I was just reading about Atlantis a few days ago. And it it is one of those things where you're like, oh, I can imagine this character is, is this character and this is this, but how, how on earth could you really convey everything with CGI without it seeming kind of hokey? I think Treasure Planet has the same issue. Everyone I, wants a tr- new Treasure Planet, but you're never going to make it look as good as Well, the I think animation. the answer for Treasure Planet, um, I think Treasure Planet has more viability personally i don't think you should remake it in live action or anything but i think like a disney plus cartoon like how tron got a cartoon would be like viable i think that has more of a cult classic standing personally i also think i don't know to me space pirates entices me more than we all went to atlantis and we all got back okay and it's like all right yeah that's the story. It's, just, like, it's a perfect little adventure movie but it, i don't know treasure planet man treasure planet name sweet joshua Granted, sweet ship surgeon ridiculous I ever tell you for that game I played, there was someone who made Treasure Planet into, like, a move, like, a live-action remake, and it did well enough that they could make a sequel, and the sequel, like, I I should look it up so I can give you, like, the full, like, story of it, but the sequel just had, like, it became a meme, because there was one scene in it where there was, like, a huge, like, fight of, like, just pirate ships, and then just out of nowhere, like, a battleship shows up, and again, they're in space, and the writer never conveyed, like, what makes a battleship different from the pirate ships, <laughs> and it just kind of got everyone confused. <laughs> <laughs> and it just became a meme where people were like, and then battleships showed up 
You know, now that I'm looking at this list of Disney tunes, I think the biggest influence they had on my life as a young person was watching the trailers. Because I don't know why I never saw these out. I never watched Disney too, but I saw the commercial. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. aware of all of these things purely through trailers. So a lot of the vibe of Atlantis to me actually, and Atlantis and other things to me actually comes through the trailer. And Atlantis had really spooky trailers. It was really cool. I have this weird fear of open water that Atlantis, the trailer, tapped into in a way that the movie doesn't explore because the movie's just about people. That's right. Atlantis think... is about the characters. Um, but then also things like Return to Jafar. I have a picture of this movie in my mind, even though I haven't seen it. That movie's really interesting and... just from... I mean, it's a pilot movie for the show, which makes sense, but it also has a very bizarre conceptual idea where people are like, why don't they just... You know, like, because, you know, the Will Smith Aladdin did pretty well. And people were like, why don't they just adapt Return to Jafar as a sequel? And, like, you know, the, like they made Maleficent 2 and they didn't have source material. And it's like, well, because Return to Jafar... If you watch it, it's a movie about Iago, which is, like, not what you can really center. It's a very weird choice, and it's only there so that way they could give Gilbert Godfrey, like, a regular, like, hero role on the show, which is fine for a pilot movie of a TV show, but you're trying to actually sequelize Aladdin, it's kind of a failure. Have I ever told you, like, about that traumatic episode of Aladdin, the show no. that I had on VHS that traumatized me as a kid? No. It's one of the most romantic things I've ever seen. So I should look it up. No, I want I want to make sure I get this right because I'm sure I I remember I remember what the episode was about. So if I just go to list of Aladdin episodes, I'll find it pretty quickly. Let me search Cobra because it's about a snake. Episode fifty eight or actually sixty seven. It's fifty eight of season two. Episode sixty seven of Aladdin is titled "Eye of the Beholder," and I will read you the plot description. Then I'll tell you how it ends, which is crazy. Which is Mirage, who in the world of Aladdin is like basically there's mirage and then there's like a, a like basically she's the devil and then there's like a god figure you know and they they, they frequently like put a lad in fruit tests like job it's basically how it works um mm-hmm. but mirage puts aladdin's love for jasmine to the ultimate test she disguises herself as a peddler woman and gives Jasmine a lotion that will transform her into something more worthy of her man. Because Jasmine has, you know, even Jas, it's like in, uh, well, I won't, I won't spoil the joke, so I'll, cut, I'll, I'll, I'll say, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Even Jasmine mm. feels insecure about her beauty, you know? Um, but mm, yeah. when she puts the lotion on, she becomes like a snake woman, like a naga type of thing. And mm. Aladdin, like, goes on this epic quest to save her, but he fails. And, like, that's the thing where it's, like, at the end, like, they, they, she, he's, like, I'll love you anyway. And he embraces her, and, like, she poisons him by accident because she has, like, barbs on her hands. And the answer he discovers is that there's still a bit left for the lotion, so he turns into a snake person, too. And it's, like, very romantic. And then the god figure is like, you failed, Mirage. Their love is still stronger than your evil. And they get turned back into humans. But I just remember, like, being very scary to me also. Mm. I was like, oh, no, she's doomed (laughs) type of thing. That is is nice. I really (laughs) like it when I'm glad that they did, that they went there on that one. It's nice that Aladdin and Jasmine are. That was the other thing I remember that was nice about the Aladdin show was, like, Aladdin and Jasmine, like, their love was never in doubt on that show. That was the whole thing, where it was like, you're so used to, like, them doing, like, a show based off a movie where it's like, well, it, well it's like, Little Mermaid, like, Little Mermaid and Hercules set up before they meet their love interests, you know? 
mm-hmm. Emperor's New Groove, it's like they meant a love interest for Cusco to be a will they or won't they. But you're just used to being like, well, will they or won't they? And then Aladdin, it's like, nah, Aladdin and Jasmine are tight. You can't, you can't mess with that. <laughs> it was nice. Mm. Have you ever seen Cinderella 3, though? Because I am always curious about it. Cinderella do, 3? No. People tell no, me it's a masterpiece. Not. People do that. I mentioned that earlier. People tell me it's legitimately a good movie. Cinderella I've heard people say to me, 3. seriously, Cinderella 3 is better than the original, which has me very fascinated to check it out, because it is the type of plot I like. The plot is, is that the evil stepmom steals the fairy godmother's magic wand, time travels back in time, makes an alternate reality where the glass slipper fit onto one of the stepsisters, and Cinderella is, like, thrust into this new reality that's, like, Back to the Future 2, where it's, like, mm-hmm. her man is married to someone <laughs> he doesn't love, and she has to try to figure... She has to figure out a way to fix it. But, like, mm-hmm. also, like, the step... I think the stepsister has, like, a redemption arc, too, where it's, like, this sounds very fascinating to me, that this is apparently good. <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, I wonder if maybe we want to... Do you have any more thoughts about planes? Uh, I did have actually something, but I wanted to give that Cinderella 3 shout-out to a movie I've never seen. I'm glad uh, that we could. You know, we talk all the time about DreamWorks, like, uh, or Eldorado and things, like, hey, we love these movies, we don't get to talk about them because we're doing the Pixar run-through. Wait, but, wait, wait, before I continue, can I just uh, quickly run through this, uh, the top five, oh, never mind, I can't go. So, okay, I was on the Bambi 2 page, and I see that the records, it holds the record for longest time in between original and sequel, and then it's like, preceded by Fantasia 2000. I was really hoping that I click Fantasia 2000, it would tell me he held the record before then, but it just stops there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm well, backing my way to planes. You said it was racist? I mean, yes, it is racist. <laughs> I think yeah, it was, it's kind of evident how it's racist. Yeah, it's like a. This is what this is kind of Big what I meant Spanish when I said it was like Cars too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Planes is is just a parade of stereotypes. I think it's really funny when he talks to the Priyanka Chopra plane, and it seems like there's. Some kind of Indian music starts playing underneath <laughs> her dialogue when she starts talking <laughs> while they're in the hangar or something like that. And it's like, uh, all right. It's it's the kind of thing where, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to defend stereotypes. <laughs> I It's just the kind of thing that is so common. You just see it and you're like, ah, uh, another one. All here it is, and yep, that's kind of what you there see the is thing about, about that. how Julia Louis Dreyfus was replaced in other countries. Yes, Julia Louis Dreyfus has been localized eleven times by other people who didn't want to make it about a French Canadian plane because apparently that's only a stereotype that Americans understand, but that I didn't understand at all. Like, why isn't? Why isn't she just French? Do you know what also confused me casting-wise? Was John Cleese. They couldn't find a younger British guy. Ricky, no, he should Ricky be Gervais old. Ricky Gervais wasn't available for these lines. <laughs> I feel like that's the more logical... Like, it's the eviler choice, but it's the more logical choice at this time. It's just call up Ricky, and he'd be like, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Like I enjoyed John Cleese. Or Nick Frost. He, another person who really goes for it. 
I feel like they could have gotten Nick Frost. Frost would have been a weird choice for that character, I think. I don't Unless think Nick Frost Simon. has a really good voice acting resume that I don't know about. Or they could have got, like, Patty Considine. I mean, they, they could have got a bunch of people. They could have got Ray Winstone. They just, listen, <laughs> Ray you know, Winstone name, a good pick. Name, name any British actor. Imagine Ray Winstone going, like, what? Oi. Oi. Oh, they should have got Peter Seraphonics. Oh, I don't know him. Uh, yeah, you do. He, um, played Darth Maul. Oh. But also, well. he's in the sing. That's what I was doing. I, I was doing. I was trying to do a Ray Winstone, but I instead did the Gorilla Dad from Sing, where he goes, "What did I ever do to get a son like you?" That, 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 <laughs> that's who he played. I was like, "They should have got him." Like, <laughs> that's not Ray Winstone. No, that's Peter Seraphonics. I think I've, I'm oh. butchering his name pronunciation though. Uh, I've ever told you when I saw Sing Two, I clapped at two points, and one of them was when they're like. We need some security to break into the 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 show, and then the um the gorilla goes. I think I know a guy, and then it cuts to his dad walking in. And he goes, "Son," and I cheered <laughs> because he hasn't been in the movie yet. And he's the only part I remember. The first thing movie is when he goes, "What do I ever do to get a son like you?" <laughs> <laughs> the other time I cheered was when they played a song from a student film. That was not intended to be funny, but since I associated with a student film, I just burst out laughing. <laughs> and it's supposed to be this really dramatic moment. But I was like, yes, the song from the student film. <laughs> <laughs> and then Halsey sings it. Good. Yeah. I hear Sing is beloved, but I don't know if I'll ever get I do not to like it. it. But Sing 2 oh. is marginally better. But I'm giving Sing 2 and Planes the exact same grade on Letterboxd. I also wanted to just point out... <clears throat> I don't know if there's anything to say about it that Planes has more shots of women's asses than either Cars film. It happens over and over. I mean, but Cars 1 has the tramp stamp shot. I I don't even mind that. I feel like it it pales in comparison to the ass representation in Planes. Um, I was going to say one other thing that I liked about the movie. It's the scene where... Well, first... I, I really like this movie. It's also just one of those things where it's very stereotypical where Priyanka Chopra, like, you know, has someone visiting her ho- like her home in India for the first time, and he goes, she goes, where would you like to, like, he's like, do you know any, no, Dusty's like, do you know where we're cool to go? And she's like, have you seen the Taj Mahal? <laughs> like, the most stereotypical Indian place. <laughs> and he goes, no, what's that? And he goes, <laughs> but I was gonna say I like the bit when they're flying to the Taj Mahal and there's like these like toy planes that I assume are supposed to be birds. I like that actually. I also actually, you know, that gets so sorry. I know we we want to wrap up, but I actually remember my main point I wanted to make about the movie that I somehow have not got to because it popped in my head during that scene, which is if you want to make this movie a race around the world, that's fine. However, you just did that with Cars 2, right? So the way to make this interesting, and what is there, I think, for Dusty's character, is to make Dusty be someone who's never left his hometown and has now actually experienced the world and realizing how big it is because he's a plane and he can actually go everywhere, right? He's not like a car. He can do this race in a couple of weeks, right? Like, that's what's cool about being a plane. And this movie hints at it in that scene and then never really touches it again. (laughs) And it's very frustrating to me because I feel like that's what the heart of the Planes franchise should be compared to a Cars... Because the Cars movies are about we got to stay where we are, right? Life is... My job is I run around in circles. 
And then I stay in Radiator Springs, and that's nice. A Planes movie should be about a plane, because planes, and I know Dusty can't, but again, this is something we're, we're looking at it conceptually, like, like tear down the entire what this movie is. What should a movie about planes set in the world of cars? And Sorry, set in world of cars, not the world of cars, it's just world of cars. Uh, what world should of, that world be? Of cars. <laughs> what should world of cars planes be? And it should be about a plane who can carry his friends around, so it shouldn't be about a cross, like, and it should have scenes where he discovers how wonderful it is to travel. And see the world like the car's world. Mm-hmm. And the movie never touches that outside of the scene in India. Where he's like, I've never seen the Taj Mahal. And even then it barely touches on it. He's not like, wow, this place is incredible. I never imagined. He never says something like that. Even though it's clear mm-hmm. a line like that should be there. Yeah. And it's probably because, you know, the next one's about him becoming a rescue plane that just sticks around, I presume. I haven't seen Planes, Fire, and Rescue. But I assume it's mostly set like... In the South Northwest, you know, uh, like what you know, the like the California. Well, you know what I mean. I assume it's set where like Colorado or like wherever. You know, I don't know what the Pacific terms are. I'm so bad. At I don't know. You, you know just I mean. said the South Northwest. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Pacific Northwest is what I was saying. I assume it's mostly oh, set yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. So I is assume that it's where like, Dusty is? I don't know, but I assume that's where Planes, Fire, and Rescue is set because it's about you know a rescue wildfires. Plane. Yeah, yes. wildfires. It's about wildfires. I don't know, like, maybe that's the issue here, is, like, I don't know. It's one of those things where maybe it's just being, like, like it's strung up by what the sequel has to be. But it's just frustrating, because I feel like it's so obviously there in the India scene, and it's something that, any, like, it's again, it's something super generic. It's something that, like, again, the problem with the movie isn't that it's generic in structure. I think the structure of the film itself is fine. It's just frustrating that it has all these details that don't make any sense. Yeah, and they like don't the, add up to anything. When you say details, I I do I think the payoff of the travel is the travel. I think that speaking of details that don't add cars. up to anything. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that planes and planes two kind of are in the reverse order of cars and cars two. One is international and one is local, and then planes reverses that. And yeah, but I also, planes two I assume he becomes like an action hero because he's saving people. I'm so. curious about that. How do they make it more action-packed? I'm curious about it, too, because I don't know how it's, like, a happy thing that he's, like... Because I assume it's something where it's, like, he can never race again, and that's why he becomes a rescue plan. And I'm, like, how do you jive that with the ending of this? You know, like, where it's, like, oh, it was so nice, he's the world champion. Oh, you can never... I guess it's, like, I guess if they made a third plans, it would be, like, Creed Three, where it's, like, he has to come back and do a race to defend his title. he has to train well that's what cars 3 was about yeah it's true cars cars... (laughs) that's (laughs) but but cars 3 isn't like creed 3 because there's not this person who's returned from his past that's really oh my god ed harris is in in planes too of course and regina king and fred willard and jerry stiller this is what I mean. We get all these Holbrook, big names. How Holbrook is in Planes Two? <laughs> That's crazy to me that Holbrook is in there. Honestly, <laughs> no, not at all. He's a guy. He's a working actor. Oh, he should be in a Pixar movie, not in a. Oh, he died. I forgot he died. Yes, Hal Holbrook can no longer be in a Pixar movie. I remember he was. Wasn't he in Wes Anderson movies? I don't know. He, oh, he you was know what I'm thinking of? He was in Lincoln. 
Did you ever? I, you know, I mixed them up with Bob Bulba Band. That's what. That's what I was like. How old broke? How old broke? Did you ever in school watch that? This may have been related to what we were reading, and no one else has ever watched it. Did you watch his monologue as Mark Twain? No, I haven't. Okay, never mind. But how old? It's a big part of his wiki page. Yeah, and it's recorded, so anyone can check it out. Anyway, uh, uh, by the way, there is also a doping scandal in planes yes. that Brad Garrett goes there. on about. Sinbad comes in to tell us, give us some exposition about it. <laughs> no one remembers who Sinbad was called. I mean, the only character with a memorable name besides Dusty is El Chupacabra, just because he's like the most stereotype of all the stereotypes in the movie. Yeah. Sinbad's character he's... is Roper. Ah. Okay. They should have put Ebert in the movie. Well, do, do, are we, do we have anything more to say about planes? No. <laughs> okay, great. It's a, it's a, it's well, a planes movie. It is, it is about, about planes. what we expected it to be. So I, I was amazed reading the reviews of this because, of course, we mentioned that it has oh, a 25%. I, I was curious what Planes but, 2 response. Sorry, go on. I was just curious. what Planes 2 is marginally better reviewed. I just think people are so nice to these movies, and everyone says you can put it on for your kids, and it's not going to mess them up, and I don't know if it's not going to mess them up, but everyone was really nice to planes, but for us seeing I mean, it, it's... Have you ever looked at an Illumination movie on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know if I've ever seen an Illumination movie. Well, good. We're not doing that as a sequel show. Mm -hmm. saying, the one I, sequel I, show that won't happen. Yeah, I, I always like alluding to like I was actually doing that on the Snub Club we recorded yesterday. I I, re I alluded to like what season two of the Snub Club would be. I'm like, well, season two of Looking for the Ocean would be we run for all the DreamWorks movies, and I said so that that's not obviously true. Like we're not going to do a season two. I I only think people I think people would love it if we did things like the Road to El Dorado. Well, um, I think if we but, did DreamWorks, I mean, well, of course we'd have we, to do... we can't like. I you think know, we if can't we do, do anything we'll after do this, this we should do something where it's... And again, this is so far off. Eventually, mm -hmm. you know, we'll be caught up, though. And when we're caught up, we should do something where it's like, oh, we watched, like, every one of this studio's movies. Or, oh, we will watch, like, every Scorsese movie, you know? Where something where it's, like, a little more, you know, its own thing. <laughs> every We'll run the franchises. Like, we're going to do... With possibly with a future miniseries that we still don't know if we're gonna do it or not, but oh yeah, we'll run we franchises should... maybe. Yeah, we'll do looking for the Scorsese, looking for the DreamWorks. I actually do think the DreamWorks is the actual follow-up answer, and only the movies, not like anything else. No, well, it's also like it's gonna be a while away till we catch up, whatever that means. Yeah. Well, here at Looking for the Ocean, lots of people like to give films things. They give them thumbs up. They give them star ratings. They give them number reviews out of another number. We don't like to do that. We like to actually give the film something like you'd give a gift or a physical object. Now, Danny, I don't know if you have something in the tank, but I do. Uh, you go first because I have an idea, but I need to look at someone's Wikipedia page before I give it. Okay. Mine's going to be long, relatively long. <laughs> Okay. Oh, dang, so, Priyanka Chopra's wiki page is so long. Sorry. <laughs> it's Priyanka Chopra's Wikipedia page. Um, well, you know how in olden times you could give a gift to some older relative by having your young children sing a song or something like that or do some kind of performance? I would like to give that to Planes because I enjoyed the voice performances and 
I also, I went off somewhere in this episode and it reminded me of some lines that I really enjoy. So now I want to do a little performance of, of some lines that I enjoy for <laughs> okay. the, the movie Planes. Hey everybody, so what happened here is I gave myself a little gift and I read and performed the entire transcript of the two minute long Atlantis The Lost Empire trailer. Danny hated it. And upon re-listening, I don't think it's very good, so just letting you know that that happened. I want to say, before I give something away, that you bring up Atlantis made me remember the actual counterpoint I wanted to defend myself with during that Atlantis discussion, and I quickly do it. It's not oh, going to be trashing yes. Atlantis. It's not actually going to be trashing Atlantis. Yes. I think the reason Treasure Planet actually, like, stuck with me way better... I, well, okay, I never watched Atlantis, so inherently it's going to stick. But the other reason, like, I have some, like, fondness for Treasure Planet is it has that Goo Goo Dolls song that, like, epitomizes, like, middle school, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm still, you know what I mean? I, I'd sing I'm, it right now, but I, I don't want to rip you off. Yeah. Um, but, like, that song, like, in and of itself is like, oh, yeah, that's some nice, like, teenage angst vibes that um, is very satisfactory that Atlantis doesn't mm-hmm. have. So, I'm going to ask you, and you're going to say yes, because there's no reason you're going to say no that I'm not allowed to do this after you just read dialogue <laughs> for two minutes. But instead of giving it something, can I take away something from it? And by that, yeah, and sure. it's giving something to Priyanka Chopra, which is that I'm going to remove her from this movie. So that way she can make her Hollywood debut with her TV show that lasted three seasons on ABC that I remember did pretty well for them. And that's so mm-hmm. that way she can have her, and that can have now like her Hollywood debut buzz. And so now she premieres with Quantico instead of Planes. I think that's mm-hmm. a better, it's a better thing for her career. Well, I don't actually think it would change her career that much. It'd just be a nicer thing to have. Like this was my Hollywood debut, you know, for not Planes. It was Quantico. Mm-hmm. I think that's nice. I'm gonna do that for her and do that Excellent. for Planes too, so it doesn't have that. So it doesn't have to be like have an asterisk next to it for trivia, you know, where it's like someone mm-hmm. famous made a debut here. I feel like, wait, wait, I can say one other thing though, really quick, can I? And then you can mm-hmm. do the transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's also going to be nice to people in the future who have to do trivia, and they go like, "What was Priyanka Chopra's Hollywood debut?" Everyone's going to guess Quantico and get it wrong, so <laughs> I might as well let the mm-hmm. Jeopardy answer actually be Quantico. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Well. Danny, just as Dusty Crophopper will reappear in Planes, Fire, and Rescue, we're going to reappear in something, aren't we? Yes. We're going to reappear in... Uh, by the way, side note. Sorry, this is this is, uh, this is is going to lead into me telling what we're doing next. But did the end of this movie take place through Radiator Springs? Because I called it something else, and it really threw me off, even though it had like the Radiator Springs like, mural type of remember. thing. I don't even remember. It's like they're, they're racing through the canyons, and there's like the canyon that's shaped like a car. Which is kind of like what Radiator Springs has. I don't know. It really mm. threw me off. Because they also then refer to it like as a certain desert. And it's like, what? I thought that was Radiator Springs. But mm. anyway. Next time, we're going to talk about something that really collides our last two episodes together. With Monsters You and Planes. And that's where we're going to talk about Party Central. Which was not the DVD release short for Monsters You. Um, very interesting release plan on Party Central. And then also we're going to talk about... Um, the final Cars tune ever made, which is the Radiator Springs 500 and a half. Great. Good. Yeah. Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. The show is edited by Mark Young. Our original artwork was designed by Sarah Knopf. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Facebook at Looking for the Ocean. 
Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and Twitter at Pixar Journey. And on our website, Looking for the Ocean You can follow me on markyoungperformer.com, and that has my socials too. My Instagram is myounginsta. You can follow me, Danny, at Blank Pencil Letterbox, and listen to my other podcast, The Snub Club. We talk about the movies with the most Oscar nominations and no wins. We'll see you next time.